Welcome to the Liberty Block. This is Elliot Axelman with Ed and Steve from the EJS podcast. We're going to do a quick video um, informing you on what's going on with the GameStop Robinhood massive purge canceling controversy from the radical left. Pretty much as I understand it, and Ed will fill us in legally and as far as some financial stuff that I don't understand, but pretty much like I did a short video this morning, what's going on is um, GameStop was seemingly going out of business, going away at Blockbuster because they are an old antiquated video game shop and they haven't really done much online to compete with Amazon over the last few years. So their stock price was sitting at around, I think, uh, five, 10, 15 bucks. And the, 19, beginning of 19 the bucks. Cool, cool. So, so the hedge fund managers, the brilliant, genius, wise elites, unlike us stupid idiots, the smart people figured they were going to um, help fasten its inevitable death and that we're going to short the stock, drive the price down and, and, and bet against the stock essentially, which is a super high risk options maneuver that hedge fund managers were pouring billions and billions of dollars into. And um, the- people, I just, yeah. I think it's a little more, there's a little more that, that should be explained there. I think what's, what was going on is the hedge fund manager decided this company is going into bankruptcy. We're going to hasten the, the drive into bankruptcy, like you said, but the purpose was so they could be first in line to devour the carcass. And yeah, so they could benefit they were trying to do it by driving down the stock, by using this short selling, which they, they were selling shares, uh, borrowing shares to sell them today. There's a question whether there were any, any naked shorts, which is illegal under the law, but we're not sure if there were any. Um, but when you sell, selling the stock short is where you borrow the share, sell it today, take the proceeds, put it in your pocket, invest it, and then you buy the stock in some future predetermined date so that you can return it to its current owner. If you, if you borrowed it today and it's worth 100, or using the example, if you borrowed it and it's worth 19. I and don't know what you mean by it. I just and, think it's a little more, there's a... And you, sorry, my, my watch went off. If you drive it down from 19 down to say two, you sell you that you've sold it for 19 when you borrowed it, then you spy it for two later on, you pocket that $17 difference. That's what they're trying to do. And, and they're trying to basically profit off of the current shareholders that own the shares. Awesome. Thanks for explaining the uh, short selling. So anyway, some, some Reddit users, the big deplorables and a big Reddit uh, subreddit social media group called wall street bets all saw this and figured either because they want to support GameStop and not let it die and the carcass be devoured by the elites or because they actually support it and they believe that they brought in some new management that's going to bring the GameStop online and sell online into the coming to the 21st century and compete with Amazon selling video games and, and um, revive the company. So a lot of them started buying it up and with every buy, it, the price goes up incrementally and they bought it all the way up from a, uh, under $20 all the way to over $300 in a matter of days, I believe. It went up to 400. And if I could just interject again, I sure. think that the Reddit bu bulletin boards where they were posting, I think that they make it clear that um, the purpose of what they were doing was to stick it to this hedge fund that was trying to destroy not just this American company, but a bunch of others like um, American movie, uh, AMC movie theaters. Um, Nokia is not an American company, but they were also trying to protect Nokia, mm -hmm. uh, Blackberry. There were a bunch of other companies, but uh, GameStop is apparently an American company and they were trying to protect an American company. And that's the whole pop. That's part of the populist slant to it, but go on. Excellent. So yeah, this all happened. I, I think yesterday, I mean, this happened over a few days, right? The price increase. And then yesterday, well, it started, um, they started it early in, right after the, the new year. Okay. And the price started going up 
dramatically this week. Okay. And then by this morning, I got some notifications on my Robinhood that they are restricting um, buying. So you can't buy anymore because the price was being bought up and that was hurting the hedge funds who were losing billions already. Um, Can we explain why that was was happening, why that was making them lose money? Sure, sure. Just going back to the whole shorting situation, when the stock is 19 and the hedge fund borrows it and sells it, they want the hedge fund wants to drive the price down to two dollars or one dollar or fifty cents. These these uh, populist uh, guys on Reddit said, "Well, we'll screw them. Let's drive the price up. Well, I'll buy five dollars. You buy five dollars." And they were buying thousands and thousands of shares, and they drove the price up. So when when the hedge fund is borrowing and then selling, and then they have to pay a higher price to to, to return the shares later. They wind up being in, a, in a, they can get margin calls, which is where the bank says, okay, you borrowed in order to make these trades. The, the trades are now negative. We need you to put more collateral up. So they're, they're, they're getting pressured for more collateral from the banks. And that's what the, that's how the squeeze has been happening this week. As the price has gone astronomically high, the potential losses to the hedge fund have grown to, I think, $70 billion on paper. And the banks wanted collateral and the hedge fund is in danger of collapsing. So brokers intervened. Um, who was the first broker to intervene? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, but I've heard a rumor that um, Citadel Capital uh, is their largest broker and they've not only intervened, but uh, one of their leading fund managers is a guy by the name of Jeff Saki. And the name might sound familiar. The press secretary is Jen Saki. They're not husband and wife. She has a different husband. Her husband's name is different, but I haven't been able to determine whether there's any relation between them. Uh, I have seen that there's rumor and speculation that the White House itself has intervened as well. And Wait, is that the White House press secretary? Yes, the White House oh, press secretary wow. is Jen, Jen Psaki, P-S-A-K-I. Yeah, there's no way that that's a coincidence that the names are the same. Yeah, well, I couldn't confirm it, but that's what I've seen that uh, Citadel Capital is one of the largest, I think it's the largest broker that they were, that Robinhood was dealing with. And, and okay, so Robinhood deals with Citadel? Yeah. Okay, so Robinhood started restricting the uh, buying of it and allowing people to sell it. And then and a whole like bunch I of other said, brokers. Again, and the reason they would do that is to, because buying pressure pushes the stock price up, selling pressure pushes it down. They were trying to drive the price down. They were trying to help the hedge fund that's in trouble. And, and they were trying to hurt their own customers who are the ones who, well, not customers because Robinhood doesn't charge for their services, but Schwab and E-Trade, I think, or no, Schwab and, and TD Ameritrade also cut off trading. I don't know about E-Trade. Um, I heard about E-Trade. I heard Wells Fargo at least have already so far today, Wells Fargo stopped their advisors from recommending it to um, their clients as far as a financial investment. Um, so it looks like a lot of the major the major brokers have either stopped advising it or totally not allowed it. But then something two minutes ago, you just texted me that um, Robinhood is actually taking our investments and selling it on our behalf because they know better than us because we're stupid. That's what I, it's an unconfirmed report, but yes, that they are that they are unilaterally selling the the shares that the Robinhood owners have purchased. Uh, and clearing their accounts of it. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what I've heard. And that was sent to you by a, a friend that you trust that wouldn't manipulate this? 
A trusted source, yes. Yeah, I mean, this gets more disturbing by the minute. Again, this is all literally breaking, developing right now. I have another um, another tab open for searching. I want to ask a question. At what point, to the best of your knowledge, is this stuff becoming illegal? What Robin Hood is doing, for instance. Well, it depends on what they're actually doing. I mean, if they're if they're invading their clients, you know, if they're invading the accounts of people that are using their platform and cashing out their their sales, that sounds illegal to me. If they're blocking uh, purchases and allowing sales, and it's for the purpose of driving the price down, that seems like it violates the rules against market manipulation. Um, but I'm not sure. We 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 need a, a full accounting of what they've done. What what exactly has happened? Um, I know AOC and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump have all called for a congressional investigation of what's going on. Uh, I think Elizabeth Warren has also called for it. But on the flip side, and I mean, I don't know if we're stepping, I, Elliot, I don't know if you're finished. I'll let yeah, you finish I'm, I'm your good. Story. I'm good. No, I'm good. Um, well, some of the regulators, like the, the Massachusetts securities regulator has called for a 30-day halt in all trading for um, for uh, GameStop. Uh, the head of the NASDAQ, I believe, has also called for a potential halt on trading. Um, and again, it's for the purpose of trying to extricate this hedge fund uh, and spread the risk to other people, or spread the loss, which really means socialize the loss to somebody else. And I think that's the real message that, that we, you know, from the Liberty Block perspective that we need to be looking at from this story. Um, What's going on is nobody has a problem with this hedge fund deciding that they're going to try and drive down the price of a stock by short selling it and then calling their friends at CNBC and Fox Business News and all the other Bloomberg channels and just talking the stock down. Nobody has a problem with that. That they don't none of them go to jail for doing that. They do it all the time. Then these other these other, you know, sort of individual populist persons get wind of the story and decide, well, we're not going to be run by, by these big hedge funds and these big money banks, and we're going to band together and we're going to act on our own. And that's not acceptable. When they, 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 were, able, they were beating this hedge fund, they, the hedge fund is, like I said, I believe 70 or $71 billion in the hole right now. Um, and so they've, ga they've ganged up with all their friends in, big, in the big banks and, and in big tech to try and have them deplatformed off of Discord. Um, their, uh, their speech is being held, uh, determined to be hateful. Um, their trading privileges are being revoked as violating the terms of service. Um, and on top of that, there's a potential for government bailout too. The government, whether it's the Massachusetts regulator, whether the Biden White House is intervening. And that's the real story to me that these big, these big companies are not really private companies because when they lose, they always get bailed out by the government. The government always protects them. The government always socializes their losses. So we hear all the time how they're private companies and we have to respect their private, you know, their private right to decide who they trade with, who they don't trade with, who can be on Facebook, who can't be on Facebook. But in reality, they, they've, they've given all their losses, all their loss liabilities to the government and the government shields them and protects them. So that, that's really the, the big part of the story to me from a Liberty block. And did Reddit remove the subreddit Wall Street Bets? Yeah, I believe that they did. I so. Yeah. 
So I have a question. Some brokers, like Robinhood, for instance, have on their uh, platform, on their app, some stocks and ETFs, but some they don't. Some are unavailable. They recently got rid of all MLPs, um, so you can't buy anymore. They don't have certain companies and certain stocks are just not available for trade. Maybe some low penny stocks and some other companies. So they're allowed to have some discretion, of course. They don't have to offer everything. But when they get rid of one, do they have to have some reason or can they get rid of, for instance, right-wing companies, maybe GameStop, maybe a MyPillow type thing that's public, maybe gun companies. Can they totally have full discretion in that and that's not illegal? I'm not an expert on this area, but I think presumptively, yes, they have some discretion. But what we're seeing right now is a coordinated effort, a collusive effort to, to destroy uh, these investors that are, that are trying to uh, take the other side of this hedge funds bet. Um, nobody seems to have a problem with that kind of collusion, but yet there are some of there, I've seen some people, some regulators saying that maybe the, these Reddit investors are, gu are guilty of price manipulation and collusion, trying to uh, boost the price up that they've coordinated. They, they're engaged in coordinated action to try and raise the price of the shares. And so, I understand there's already a class action lawsuit against Robinhood today developing this afternoon. Do you know anything about that? Yes, I took a look at it. It's available online. It's a short nine page complaint. Um, it alleges breach of contract. It alleges breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, which in my opinion is an extremely important term or a legal principle. Um, it's part of contract law and, and in theory, it can be part of a contract claim, but it's, it can be viewed as a separate claim. The implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing is a term that is implied in every contract in all 50 states, even if it's not explicitly stated. And it requires each party of the contract to act in good faith and to not take what would otherwise be lawful actions under the contract that nonetheless frustrate the purpose of the contract for the other party and prevent the other party from obtaining the benefits of the contract. Wow. So where is this lawsuit? Where was it filed? It was filed in, I, I know it was in, in, it was either the Southern District of New York or the Eastern District of New York. It was, it was in the, one of the New York courts. But that's a federal court? In federal court, yes. And it was filed as a class action under Federal Rule 23. Very interesting. I'm not sure if it's going to hold up as a class action, but we'll see. I mean, that's a whole technical legal discussion about whether the claims are all more, whether the common questions predominate over the individual questions, whether the, the damages can be done on a, on, a, on a class basis or if they're individualized. There's a whole bunch of factors that really are beyond the scope of what I think we would talk about on Liberty Block. But um, yes, they filed it as a class action. And I assume for something like this, it's a popular enough issue where, you know, roughly half or more than half of the people in the U.S. are pretty upset at this from the right and the left. Um, but but we, for some issues, you know, it, it's a little less popular. Our side is less popular and, and we may have some difficulty finding lawyers to take the case. That's why we were just discussing a few days ago with what Daniel Harwitz mentioned on his podcast about we should have a group of all the pro-freedom lawyers who are willing to go to bat, um, either pro bono or otherwise, for these issues and not afraid to stand up. So. And just, you know, the next day we have an issue where hopefully some lawyers who um, are willing to go up against the biggest, most powerful billionaire hedge fund elites um, and take that fight. So it's interesting. I, I wonder how many lawyers are on our side throughout the U.S. Yeah, I, I'd love to join them. 
I, I hadn't heard about Horowitz's group, but I'll have to look into it. Just, yeah, mess, get in touch with Horowitz. Uh, it's hard to get in touch with him, but he's been asking every lawyer around the U.S. who's you know, on our side to be in touch with him so he can have this network of people licensed in every state and, and in every area of law. Um, so he wants to have that network, which is good. Okay. Awesome. Any other comments we have to make um, for now about educating people about this Robin Hood GameStop case, this collusion? Um, you know, I think we've kind of laid out what we know so far. I mean, it's an, it's, it's an unfolding story. We don't have all the facts yet. Um, the real, like I said, I think the real issue that from a Liberty block perspective is that these big companies are using government to shield themselves and, that they, and they're acting in a very collusive way, um, to protect themselves. And, um, you know, I don't know that this quite goes beyond the scope of what we're talking about here, but. You know, for instance, the parlor versus uh, AWS suit, you know, the Amazon suit. Um, the monopolist in that case is Twitter, but Twitter is not a defendant in the case. They're named in the complaint. Um, Amazon is the actor and Amazon is the defender. Amazon's basically being a bully for its friend. Um, and the antitrust laws, they're not really written for they usually require some intent to monopolize. And um, I'm not sure that any, that these hedge funds are trying to engage in monopoly power right now by driving, uh, by driving, uh, you know, business, you know, business like GameStop out of business. Um, but nonetheless, they're acting, they're acting in a very coordinated fashion, not just in terms of trying to short the stock and drive it down, but in response to anybody opposing them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're coordinating with a whole bunch of actors across industry lines. And that's the real issue. Um, you know, I'm not sure that antitrust, I'm not sure that any law is, is going to prohibit that kind of collusion, but um, it's happening. And uh, it's, it's part of how these big companies are trying to insulate themselves from any kind of response and any kind of opposition. And they're trying to use effectively government power without the restrictions that the constitution and other laws place on government. Action. And it's so important for people to realize that we're almost like China where the biggest, most elite companies, anyone making a billion dollars a year, I would, I would say 99% of them are in bed with government. Even Musk who's usually on our side. But some of these issues, he's gotten billions from the government. He's largely in bed with them. They give each other money. Um, all, all the big banks, I would say every one of them, we saw they were bailed out in 2008 with the crisis, but they're all so in bed with the government and there's a revolving door. I, I forget who it was. It was either under Trump or under Obama, but it doesn't matter because they all have very similar um, financial guys, advisors in the cabinet and everything. Goldman Sachs had a literally, almost a literal revolving door of a guy who went from Goldman Sachs as an executive to the White House, back to Goldman Sachs, back to the White House, back to Goldman Sachs, back to the White House, now back to Goldman Sachs. Treasury. What's that? And to, the Treasury and to the Treasury Department. Yeah, so they go back and forth from D.C., from the you know, Capitol, lobbying, um, the Federal Reserve, Treasury, White House, staff, Capitol, Goldman Sachs. It's a revolving door of all these areas from Exactly. You know, yep. And we have and to they maintain their corporate formalities. So they are separate entities in a legal sense, but they're not really separate because they're all so interrelated. And I'm sure there are articles out there, but I'd love for you or me or one of us to write an article about the revolving door of the elites making billions or the guys who are managing billions of dollars with these funds, managing all this money. 
um, and the most powerful banks, and even from auto companies who are who are bailed out um, and in bed with the with the government, and pharmaceutical companies which are all about the government, um, from Mansion and the EpiPens and all that, and uh, Mylan, which was the senator's daughter who owned Mylan, which is every EpiPen in the world, which is ninety percent market share. We've seen we've written about the corruption and collusion a lot, but it's unbelievable that people understand that. And I know I've I've been losing in this debate with you a little bit when we debate about you know is it private, is it not private, is it fascist? Um, and and you're largely correct that the biggest companies are so close to the government, they're in bed, so it's hard to um, determine who's one from the other. It's hard to you know, kind of separate them out. Is. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a blurred line between big business and, and big fascist government. Yep. I just want to point out any issue that can unite AOC and Ted Cruz after the spat they've been in, this is big and sort of like other issues we've talked about, if you can get the far left and right or far right angry at the same issue, you may have to get nervous. I think it's just going to be interesting to watch. You can always beat one side or the other. If they're together squeezing the leadership, it will be interesting. Well, this is a big populist thing from both bases. And I don't want to sound like a communist proletariat versus, you know, elite thing, but this really is kind of like the common man, populist, poor, blue collar, us filthy, unwashed, you know, deplorables, the, the base on both sides against the super duper ultra elites who everyone claims to oppose and want to hold accountable. Um, so this very interesting base, blue collar, individual, we the people versus the, the biggest super duper ultra rich elite. Agreed. Awesome. Good. I think that's pretty good information for now. It's a developing story. We'll, we'll be on this with articles and videos. Ed, uh, would either of you consider writing an article maybe? I've got some other things that, I'm, that I've got in the pipeline that I'm trying to produce, but um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this one. Awesome. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll all try to work on something. I'll try to work on something. We should do a few articles and a few videos about this case as it develops. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, I'm going to run off to work to the next thing, but thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, guys.